Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, February the 27th, 2023, and we're continuing our study of the big book. We're in the chapter, How It Works, on page 63, the fourth paragraph. Next, we launched out on a course, ending with, so we had to get down to causes and conditions, and we're reading and commenting on that one paragraph only. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Christine G., The Twelve Traditions, Joni C., and readers of the text, Kathy S., Craig F., and Nancy R. The share ID for yesterday, Sunday, February the 25th, the special edition is 19988. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Christine G. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Christine. Good morning, this is Christine G., Compulsive Overeater in Virginia. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice this principle in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me be of service. Thank you, Christine G. And Joni C. will read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Joni. Good morning, Lynn. This is Joni C., gratefully recovered but not cured in Minnesota. The 12 traditions. 
One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or other or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Joni C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter, How It Works, page 63, the fourth paragraph. Next, we launched out on a course, reading through to So We Had to Get Down to Causes and Conditions, and sharing on that one paragraph only. Kathy S., could you start us off, please? Yes, thank you, Lynn. This is I'm Kathy S. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. Next, we launched out on a course of vigorous action, the first step of which is a personal house cleaning. 
which many of us had never attempted. Though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort to face and to be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom, so we had to get down to causes and conditions. So this paragraph is is an action paragraph, and, and they said, you know, it's following the step three prayer, which that decision, although vital and crucial to surrender my will to God, I have to do some action here. Um, and it talks about launching vigorous action to be done at once, that it takes its strenuous effort. I have to really get down to what is causing me to want to eat <laughs> so much. I mean, once we get the physical allergy taken care of, which is a very important, you know, initial step to get going. Once I had that clarity, I had the ability and the strength to do this next step. What it comes down to is just finding out, you know, what is my basic problem? And, and I have found by doing this process that it's, it's a dependency issue. It's my, I'm depending on my ideas or other people, or maybe it's money, property, and prestige rather than an all-knowing and loving God. Because when I, I didn't realize, I mean, once again, I got the physical allergy thing taken care of, then we understand that the biggest problem that we face here is a mental obsession. It's a spiritual malady. I'm putting someone or something else in that God space. So I've got to understand what's going on and where it's all coming from, the what and the who um, that I'm getting my sense of worth and security and peace from because my world is is a thinking it's it's where everything is distorted and exaggerated so I have to take a look at things and anytime I'm disturbed it's because I am I'm in a disagreement with God's will so I need to see where am I being selfish and dishonest self-seeking and afraid and I have found through this process and can, with what I do with 10 steps is that at, to the degree that I do it, my whole thinking, the whole perspective gets turned back around and I am placed in a position of neutrality. I'm back in God's will where I'm physically relaxed. I'm emotionally calm. I'm mentally serene, spiritually centered. And, and I just, I'm patient. I'm able to handle to the, you know, trusting God with humility that life on life's terms, as opposed to what I used to do, where I was always in a place of fear and threat. And so I was defensive, dishonest, selfish, and just causing more and more problems for myself, and eventually just wanting to eat. So this, this, this process that we do, you know, it is so crucial. And again, what we're looking for are the things that are blocking us from God. Why am I not trusting him? And uh, so, and again, anytime I'm having issues, I got to look at some prior steps. What am I thinking about God? Then I can go forth, go forward and, uh, you know, be moving on to a bigger and better things. And we're going to be talking about that very soon. So um, that's my time already. And uh, thanks for letting me share. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Thursday or Friday, 
please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Susan S.H. Liz E. O. Kelly S. Ken W.H. Tracy G. Harold L. Okay. Sorry, who was that? Harold L. All right. Let me tell you our lineup, who I heard. If I missed anybody, I'll pick you up on the next round. Susan S.H., Liz E., Kelly S., Ken W.H., Tracy G., and Harold L. Susan, please go ahead. Good morning. This is Susan S.H. in Ohio. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, what I'm concentrating on is though our decision was a vital and crucial step, the third step, it certainly was, could have little permanent effect unless it once followed by strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. Um, I had, I had at times in my life searched for God, but I didn't know something was blocking me from uh, achieving that, um, getting down to causes and conditions, starting on the directions. I can see how they work together, how this worked together, how the directions worked in me more clearly now than I could when I, when I took them with my sponsor that first time. And that is the beauty of this program, or this, the 12 steps. That, that more is revealed again and again. But in my desperation at that time <clears throat> to get relief, I just followed directions. And I, I was so unsure of so many things at that time. But the actions that I took resulted in the promises that are here. And it just, it drew me in, and more has been revealed most days ever since that time. So it's, it's just the introduction to, to the actions that have helped me recover and helped me turn to my higher power in everything, taking away what was blocking me. Take it away again when I need to because, yep, I'm human and, I, and I'm an addict and I will go back to those things that have blocked me before. This is my treatment. Ahead is the treatment for my spiritual malady. And I'm so grateful to have these directions today. And, yeah, always the directions are, they turn me back towards my higher power. So I'm grateful, I'm here, and I'm listening. I will pass. Thank you, Susan H. Lizzie, it's your turn. Welcome, Liz. Good morning. Liz E. in the UK, um, in Bristol, in southwest England. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody on the line, and thank you for everybody doing service today, making this meeting possible. Oh, this is just the perfect paragraph for me today. 
Um, I'm just um, about to do my step uh, five with my sponsor tomorrow. So I am immersed in this part of the process. But um, and also, I just want to encourage anybody who's never shared on the line. I don't know what I'm saying, going to say. I've asked God to put some words in my mouth. And it's as simple as pressing star one and doing it. So next, we launched on a vigorous course of action. And we've got to do this with some urgency and do it. And it's personal house cleaning. It's not house cleaning of anybody else. Not per, it's not house cleaning of how anyone else in my life behaves towards me in any way, or it's not about how other people at work behave. It's about my housekeeping and what am I doing. Um, and the thing that I'm really needing today is the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. So what I understand is that the behaviors that I adopt when I go into self-will just block me from God and put me into fear. And I'm really struggling with a few things in in my life at the moment that's kind of putting me to an, into obsessive thinking. And I really, really need to surrender and hand this over because I know that in the last 24 hours I've been blocking myself um, from accessing God and serenity. So when I'm in tune with God, when I'm handing it to God, I get serenity because food was only a solution. And I never knew that till I came to this amazing meeting that food is just one of the drugs that I use to soothe the ickiness, the uncomfortableness that I feel inside of me. But the things I can do today are to take action and speak to you beautiful people. Come here, do writing, use the tools. Thanks a million, everybody. Have a beautiful day. I'll pass. Thank you, Liz E. Kelly S., it's your turn, followed by Ken W.H. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you for your service. It's Kelly S., recovered compulsive eater and bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Kelly with an E-Y, if you're looking for me. Okay, so next we launch out and like it was brought up next we have to do this you know we can't just hang out here um i heard somebody say one time a decision without action is just a wish so you know yes it, it says here that um you know though our decision was a vital and crucial step it could have little permanent effect and i circle that because you know so many people um were sharing in the last couple of days on those paragraphs and you know it all sounds like oh it sounds so wonderful oh my god it's like they're, i'm on step three and they have this a great experience which some people's you know experiences like they just felt god immediately which was not my experience and some people had god come in and rip the obsession right out of their heart and 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 that's amazing i wish i had that but um you know the, the thing is this, that's wonderful but there's a little permanent effect of that unless at once followed by strenuous effort. So, okay, we had this great third step, which is important, but now I got to get busy, right? I got to get busy. And, you know, I always tell everybody, you know, this is hard work, right? The disease is hard. This program's hard, but I got to choose my hard. I also heard someone else say, and I love it, so I'm going to repeat it. The work is hard, but the pay is good. And the only way that I'm going to rid of this stuff, you know, this blockiness, this ism, that internal spiritual malady that I talk about, that we hear about, right? 
that thing that's always driving me back to eat is I got to get down to the causes and conditions. You know, it's not about what people did to me. It's not about all that other crap, you know, which is all the stuff I did. It's my part, my behaviors, and I got to start seeing it because if I don't get blocked, unblocked, right? If I don't get unblocked from this higher power, this higher power is what's going to keep me from making that choice again to go back to food. And that was the thing after 30-something years, it took me a long time to understand that I wasn't working the steps to get abstinence and get a great body. I was working the steps to get a relationship with God. I was putting down the food. I was doing my third step, and now i got to get busy. And the rest of my life, I'm going to be in do- doing work. There's no door number three in the disease or in this program of recovery. And today I choose this work because, again, work is hard, but the pay is amazing. So if you guys are at this step, you know, and you've had this wonderful experience with step three, that's great, but you better get busy because it doesn't last. No permanent, no permanent effect unless at once. So I'm so grateful today to be living in this recovery path with you guys. With that, I pass. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you, Kelly. Yes. Ken WH, it's your turn, followed by Tracy G. Welcome, Ken. Well, thank you so much. I'm grateful to be here. Ken W.H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from North Carolina. <clears throat> this is an interesting part of the book for me, and this is just my experience. I love the part that it says, "We la- next, we launched out on a course of vigorous action. It's page 63, for goodness sakes. What have, they, what have I been doing for, <laughs> for the last 63 pages? Um, and then it says, the first step of this vigorous action is the house cleaning. What was one, two, and three about? Well, for me, it wasn't about the vigorous action of doing the OA one, two, three waltz. Um, I'm at page 63, and if I include, I'm up turn to page four, and if I'm if I include the doctor's opinion, that's the first 170, I mean, the first 71 pages of the book. Uh, that's, by the time I get to page 164, these first 71 pages are 40% of the book just for the first three steps. And then 4 through 11 only cover 15%. And then 46% is involved in step 12. That means this vigorous action is vigorous for me. And get to it and get busy and get through that so that I can get to the last 46% of my time in these steps, which is to help others and to reach out and to grow in my life of faith. Um, This is an incredible time for me. It made all the difference in the world for me to be awakened to that to realize that the first 40% of the book is the first three steps. In other words, surrender and let go and find out about this, just letting go to have this God in my life and to have this power in my life that's going to propel me into these next vigorous steps of house cleaning, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just profoundly, uh, I eye-opening for me and has made all the difference in the world since I came, uh, really got over my last relapse and got back into down to business here in, in vision. I'm just grateful to be here and I'm just blown away by how, how blessed I am by this 
reading, this group, this book, this life. Thank you. I pass. And thank you, Ken W.H. Tracy G., it's your turn, followed by Harold L. Good morning, Tracy. Good morning. This is my first time sharing on Vision for You. Uh, I am a great recovering compulsive overeater. Uh, and this paragraph is right after um, telling my creator that I have at last abandoned myself to him. Ooh, yeah, so um, what I hear in this paragraph is all about letting God because um, in and of myself, great delusion, great denial, years, and great defiance. And I have to be willing to change because everything I thought I knew, I thought I had, I thought I would work, didn't. So that's my first um, eye-opener. And that required action on my part, not from other people, not from my situation changing, not from my circumstances being different, not from blaming others. Um, what was worth the peace and serenity I was longing for? Because I wasn't there. And this paragraph is just telling me that this is really the beginning of being open-minded and willing and humble before God to do this step. Like, this is going to be nothing like I have probably experienced before. Um, and I've tried it many times and relapsed. So clearly, selfishness, pride, dishonesty, resentment, and fear are still a part. But I did recognize in step three uh, that I used to think that step said to, that I had to have a desire. But what the step really says is making a decision. So my analogy is I have this huge desire to get a puppy. They frolic in the yard. I can play with it. I can have fun. I have this huge desire and have for 10 years. But I'm not making a decision to get a puppy because it's a lot of work. Take care of it to buy food, to take it to the vet. Well, it's the same thing with recovery for me. I can sit here and make desires all day long. But if I don't have action backing it up, it's not going to come to fruition. And of course, God has to be the foundation of all of that. I have to rely on God, like be utterly in reliance of him every moment of the day to lay down myself and be completely devoted and dependent on him. Because through this process, what I need is to get over myself, get out of myself, and be in the presence and power of God. And until that happens, until I'm willing to get down to the root of my illness, of my spiritual malady, this will not come to pass. It won't. But if I am willing, if I am willing to take the leap, then recovery can be permanent. And that is my hope. Thank you for letting me share. And thank you, Tracy G. Harold L., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Harold. 
Harold, press star one to unmute. Hey guys, Harold L, uh, compulsive overeater. This is my first time sharing at this meeting and actually being at this meeting. Um, I've been through the 12 steps before through another program and came here and I was struggling with food. Um, and reading this paragraph right now is really useful for me because it, it reminds me what the ism is about. That I can fill that, I can fill that God-shaped hole um, with whatever it is that I see fit if I'm not actually working a program. And it was it was curious for me to see in that paragraph it said um what's blocking us and and I asked myself well what 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 is it within myself that is blocking me from what what am I being blocked from and then I remembered in the earlier chapters it speaks about the purpose of this book is to help us find a power greater than ourselves to pretty much help us change to have a relationship with this power that's going to help us create a new life and live. A, a life that's that's fulfilling and you know these are all my words but that's how i see it and um and so i think the analogy of a personal house cleaning is really fitting because right now i'm i have a i have a food plan i've written out my red light foods um i know what my meals are going to be for today and for the week up into thursday um and it's interesting because once I once I take care of that, it it brings me back to, well, what is it within myself that's even bringing me to the food? Um, what are, what are the triggers? What are the things that I'm using it for to give myself? Because it's worked for me in the past, so why, what am I using it for that's allowing it to work? And I, I notice like once I'm not eating those foods, it's a lot easier to see when it is that I'm trying to, when my mind is drifting over to that whether it's boredom or I've worked a lot so now I just want something to like treat myself with or I just got into an argument and I want to feel some ease and comfort so why not buy a bunch of junk food and um excuse me uh buy a bunch of junk food and just watch the movies so what is it in those situations that I could be doing better and again it's it's all me it's all me so um there's this another thing that it made me think about was I, I don't know where I heard this. I know I've, I think I heard Jordan Peterson say this, and I think it may be from the Bible, but um, make sure your own house is in order first. And I think that's why this step is so fitting because I'm I'm trying to recreate my life and be useful and be interdependent, be part of society again. And this step allows me to put my house in order, but first I got to see where the disorder is and, and what needs to be clean and what are those nooks and crannies that I've been avoiding and pretending that aren't there um, and, and facing up to them and really just building that, rebuilding that relationship with myself, taking accountability and I'm responding pleased. to myself. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Harold L. For those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later this morning, we are continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, How It Works. We're on page 63, the fourth paragraph. Next, we launched out on a course. So the line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Thursday or Friday, 
please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once as it does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Larry K. Okay. Thanks. I heard Russ M. and Larry K. Who did I miss, please? Lisa M. I think I heard Lisa. Yes. Was there somebody else there? Jeannie B. Somebody B. Okay, we have room for two more. Mary S. Hi, Lynn. This is Cindy S. Perfect. Thank you. Let me tell you our lineup then. Russ M., Larry K., Lisa, and there was somebody B. Who is that, please? Jeannie B. from Florida. Terry B., okay. Jeannie, like I dream of. Jeannie, thank you. Jeannie B., Mary S., and Cindy S. Russ, could you get us started, please? Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, family. Russ M. Recovered Compulsive Overeater, uh, Norristown, PA. Uh, rigorous action. So, you know, be, before program and, and when I'm in the dregs of, of, of the addiction, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm uh, Stacey Gonzuna. In Sicilian, we say Stacey Gonzuna. I mean, they're repeating the same thing in action and in thought and in what I'm saying. I was victim. You know, this happened to me. God allowed this happen to me. Why I have this lock, it's why me, all, all that type of stuff. But when 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 I came in the program, you know, I did what I was told. And as we started doing the inventory process, I realized it wasn't Stacey Gonzuna. It, it was me. A lot of these things, when I got into the inventory, and I was trying to be as truthful as I could, and working with my sponsor, he just, you know, we just scraped through the BS of these lies and this mentality and the behavior and of of, uh, of blaming and, and making excuses. And, yes, the disease wrapped me up, but it was, it was easy for me to just play it off to something else, you know. I had the obsession and the allergy. But my mindset and the way... The, the, yeah, my mindset, that's what it was. My mindset in this victim mentality perpetuated this disease with me, you know, from my brain to my body. So getting into this action. See, I didn't take any action. The only action I took was eat and blame. Eat and cause problems. So it was, it was rigorous and it was, it was intentional and it was, you know, it was, it was needed. It was... It was needed. As I went through the inventory process, I realized I created a lot of this. Some things happened that I couldn't control, but my reaction, the way I lived after it and how I responded to it, you know, that's my responsibility. I heard a lot of people along the way. So if I don't take this course of rigorous action, I don't get in there, I don't dig deep, and I'm not honest with myself, I never get clean. I never have the life that I have right now. And that's, that's the God-honest truth. If I if I didn't do this, I've had nothing. I wouldn't. I would have nothing. I'd be on 
No phone line, no nothing. I wouldn't be, it would have been bad. I would have been, I probably would have been dead. So y'all know the story, but I had to, it was a great, great thing that ever happened to me. So thank you for letting me share. I appreciate it. Thank you for your service, Lynn. Thank you, Russ M. Larry K., it's your turn, followed by Lisa. Good morning, Larry. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. My turn. Hey, Lynn. <laughs> Good morning. Larry K., recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. Um, next, we launched out on a course of vigorous action. So that, you know, that could be a scary word for a guy like me. Action um, shouldn't be, but it, it, it is. You know, uh, a decision without an action is not a decision at all. You know, we, I, I can call it a goal. I can call it a wish. I've got lots of intentions. But these are all kind of mental targets, right? They're not – it doesn't become a true decision until I take action. So to decide for me is – I've heard it said is to cut away. To decide and say yes to one thing means that, it, you know, implicitly it means that, that I'm saying no to other things. And what am I cutting away from? When I make this decision in step four, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to cut away from the disease. I'm cutting away from the spiritual malady that fuels the disease. You know, disconnection from God. And actions are the, what, they're the actualization of this as we move towards the things we decided upon. And we move away, we cut away from the things that we did not. But it's the crucial ingredient. And for me, you know, an imperfect connection with God, because that's all I'm capable of, is the equivalent of self-actualization. And I know this because I can easily fool myself. You know, I can declare to myself, I can declare to you, I've decided to do X. You know, like I, I, I decided I, I'm heading to Arizona on Wednesday. I, I made that decision. Well, let's get, you know, I made that decision. It gives me a warm and fuzzy feeling. But until I get the Cubs tickets, right, I get the, uh, you know, I get the, the flight, I get the hotel, uh, you know, I don't, I, it, it's no decision at all. It just gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling. And, you know, but something funny tends to happen you know, sometimes with me, days go by and I didn't actually do it. So I, I made a commitment with my present self that my future self couldn't keep. So making a decision is terrific. It's great. But the action makes it real. And without action, a decision is just an intention. Decisions without actions are pointless. I stay stuck. Action, but actions without decisions are reckless. You know, it's not, it's not fire aim ready you know it's it's i'm not a big gun guy but it's ready aim fire and when we take our moral inventory of ourselves we summon the courage and the inner strength to to look at ourselves and then look at myself honestly and openly and objectively to the best of my ability and and we and you know i'm never going to be try not to be controlled by my fears and the last i'll say is i'm always going to remain a student of this program the day that i feel the necessity to offer my opinion as an addict and frame this opinion as fact is the day that I'm going to move closer to a slice of pizza rather than further away. So I'm going to take these actions. I'm going to follow the instructions that the book recommends, it suggests. And when I do this, I get the opportunity to cut away from what was killing me, to cut away from what was killing me. 
And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Lynn. Thank you, Larry Kay. Lisa, it's your turn, followed by Jeannie B. And could we have the initial of your last name, please, Lisa? Sure. Thanks, Lynn, for your service this morning. It's Lisa N. as in Nancy. I'm in Wisconsin. Um, So I just wanted to say thank you so much, everyone, for all of your wonderful sharing this morning. It feels really good to be back here. I've been traveling and getting bits and pieces of the meeting, which really helped. But I really love to be here. So welcome to the newcomers. And um, it's great to hear your voices and to know you're out there listening. I really loved this um, this reminder to me. And I feel like uh, this morning what God is saying to me is, you know, do what's important. I, I have a tendency to rush off and do, um, use all my energy for actions that are not really in-depth. Like I might do some house cleaning today because my house is a mess, but God really wants me to do the deep cleaning and um, not waste my energy um, just doing stuff. I mean, life is, I know we have to get our things done and we have lots to do in a day, but I really have to connect with my higher power in the morning and find out what it is that my higher power wants me to do. And um, if I don't do that deep cleaning, I'm not going to live in the sunlight of the spirit. And I really want to do that. Part of living in the sunlight of the spirit is handing over the garbage that no longer works for me and, you know, getting rid of it. It's really it's really lovely uh, to, to have, for instance, a clean home, a, clean, a house that you've gotten rid of stuff. It feels so much better. And that's the same way that I can live. I can live by getting rid of that garbage that piles up and makes me feel um, kind of sluggish or unhappy. And um, I feel like when I do my 10th step or if I have to go back and do a 4th step, that's not a punishment. <laughs> so often I think, oh my gosh, now I've got to go back and do that. But if I don't do that stuff, I'm in danger. And um, and I want to live uh, not tired and uh, just not wanting to live, and want, not wanting to serve, not wanting to be in this program, uh, connecting with my fellows and helping people maybe do what they have to do. I want to live happily. Um, so that's all I guess I have to say. Thanks so much. Thank you, Lisa N. Jeannie B., it's your turn, followed by Mary S. Welcome, Jeannie. Good morning. Thank you. This is Jeannie B., J E A N I E B, in Florida. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I want to say this book. Sometimes the tiniest phrases have made the biggest difference in my life and been the most action required or the most powerful in changing my entire life. Somewhere in there, I am not a quoter, it says we go through the steps after we are abstinent. First, we get abstinent and then the steps. And for me, 
nothing was more powerful. It is when I did some exercises to understand my alcoholic roots, and then I committed to trying abstinence. And that's all I did at the time, committed to trying this, trying this program, seeing if it was going to work, work for me the way it had worked for others. And in that, living in abstinence, everything else was possible. The steps were possible. The rest of it, the rest of the decisions, everything else was possible only for me because I was abstinent and therefore detoxifying myself from all the years of wreckage I had brought upon my poor body. That abstinence was everything, the precursor to all the rest of the steps, all the rest of the decisions. And like others have said, sometimes I don't want anything downplayed because of the quantity of the time it took in the book. For me, it was, this was the heart of, of what made everything else possible. And for me, a decision is a maybe, right? It's a maybe until I have done it, until I've taken not just the first actions, but the continual habituation of my actions. I can look back on my life the boneyards in my past, many decisions I didn't follow up on because they were maybes. Many decisions that someone else said I took without, without contemplation that were not proper decisions, boneyards. But when we put together our clear intentions and decisions and actions in abstinence, in detox, oh, the power, the possibility the creation, the co-creation with higher power. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for being of service, and God bless Vision and you, family. Pass. Thank you, Jeannie B. Next is Mary S., followed by Cindy S. Please go ahead, Mary. Hi, it's Mary S., compulsive overeater from Southeast Florida. Thank you so much for your service. You know, the step is uh, asking us to be thorough and fearless. And fearless doesn't mean without fear. It means to have courage, to really look at ourselves honestly, to get down to the causes and conditions. Those causes and conditions are from the bedevilment, 52. And when it, step four for me really was a base that propelled me forward. What were my behaviors? You know, the food was just but a symptom. Underneath the, the food were the behaviors and the patterns of people-pleasing or superiority or whatever comes up to the surface doing our personal inventory. You know, to me, the decision we made was turning our will and our life over to the care of God and now we step into vigorous action of identifying the patterns that kept us sick. You know, it was untreated disease. The bedevilment is untreated disease. And this is our way of getting out of that disease and um, embracing a higher power, the psychic change, you know, addressing the spiritual malady. As I continue to go to through step four and and doing and get to the causes and conditions, 
And some of those causes and conditions, the things that I had resentment against others for, were things that I did myself. So I had to really look at my part in each of these causes and conditions that kept me eating um, because they were blocking me. And what happens when I'm blocked? Then I do not have an open vessel, an open channel for higher power to come in. So until we do this house cleaning and have the courage to look at ourselves honestly, honestly, and we will, that channel will be closed. And with the work of this step four, it takes us straight through nine. You know, it, it gives us the, the bullet points that we need in order to go forward. Thank you for allowing me to share, and it's nice to be here this morning. Thank you, Mary S. Cindy S., it's your turn. Welcome, Cindy. Good morning, Lynn. This is Cindy F., like Frank, recovered compulsive overeater in um, North Carolina. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for your service, if I didn't say that. Um, Yeah, I don't share on this line very often, but this morning I kind of got a God nudge. um, And I think primarily just to express the gratitude that I I feel for the beautiful sponsors that I've had since I've been in program since um, 2021 who've helped me so much and helped me walk through step four. And, And I think the line that resonated with me this morning was getting down to the causes and conditions because what they helped me, what my sponsors helped me do was to see the patterns of my behavior from the past that are that I'm still carrying with me today that you know help me turn the corner from um, a party of me to a party of we and I had a dear fellow once say that that's the most important word in this book that that we do need each other because you know, when I was in the food, I I was blocked, and it was the world according to me, and my my viewpoint was very skewed. And um, but I'm I just want to express gratitude and um, thankfulness, and and it, and it takes courage and um, to do this work, and and I hope like. I think I heard someone say earlier in the shares that just press star one for people who don't normally share on this line and and become part of um, become part of of this meeting and part of the OA um, family. So anyway, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy S. We have time for one or two more shares. Who would like that time? Leon B. Yes. Melanie D. Perfect. Okay. Leon B. and Melanie D. Please go ahead, Leon. Good morning. This is Leon B. Gratefully recovered in uh, Simpsonville, South Carolina. Um, two things stuck out. One was uh, liquor was but a, but a symptom and a course of uh, vigorous action. Um, and I'll tell you, my relapse happened um, because I was not 
taken this course of, of vigorous action. And when these um, when food became more more attractive, instead of me um, turning to the steps to realize what was happening to me, and I had a whole list of reasons of things that were happening that I really should have been vigorously working these steps and throwing steps at these emotions and feelings and, and resentments that were happening, but the, but the food came up. And I should have saw that the food was a symptom, Leon, that something's going on internally with you. But I threw self at it. Self didn't work. I threw my expectations at my problems. That that didn't work. I had rights. You know, I completely forgot about what this program said about expectations and rights and being of maximum service to God and to those about me. And had I and had I rigorously worked this program and thrown the steps at my problems that were occurring, which really doesn't matter what they were, the food would not have come back up, and it would not have even become. A choice. So I, I, I thoroughly respect this line, this 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 vigorous action, and um, I have taken this a lot more seriously. That 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 the food is is not the problem. It, the, the problem is I was not searching for this this spiritual solution, and I and I wasn't searching for it daily. It it is a daily thing. Um, I thank you, and I pass with it. Thank you, Leon B. And Melanie D. Please go ahead. You've got two minutes. Thank you. Good morning. Um, I just wanted to let you know, um, this hit home this morning. Um, I just had a air conditioner compressor burn up and I didn't eat over it. And this morning I got a phone call that my air is fixed and that I can go home. Uh, it's 90 degrees here in Florida, uh, very hot. And I didn't eat over it. And this program, it is a daily thing. Um, just like I have to take um, stuff for my cholesterol, I have to take stuff for my eating disorder. There is no cure, but through our higher power, we find the strength. We find it through him. And if we ask, we shall receive. And I love how OA puts a push, pray until something happens. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Melanie D. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to our marvelous team Monday for their service in February, Christine G., Joni C., Kathy S., Craig F., Nancy R., Susan S.H. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing, and the share ID for today Monday, February the 27th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 20,000-2000. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Craig F., could you read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only, please. Yeah, hi, this is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come, if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. 
See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Ask your, uh, admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.